And hey, good morning. Welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls. I am your host and I am excited to have my buddy on here today. Um, oh, Mr. Let me hang on. Let me get this right here. All right. So I have Sean Flynn. Hey, bro. How you doing, man? Doing good, man. How you doing on a Friday morning? I'm doing great, man. What a great love way it, to end it. this week. So, so hey, man, um, you know, number one, thank you for coming on the show. I'm trying to get my settings right over here on, on uh, Facebook. But no um, so, um, you know, listen, I, as, as I told you, um, you know, this is this show is about um, helping people have a breakthrough in life. And and I I've seen some um, I seen and heard some unbelievable um, stories from some of the guests I've had on, and you know I think that people learn and and grow by hearing other people's stories. It gives them hope, right? And maybe Smart. teaches them some some things that they can do to um, to succeed in life. And, and, you know, you, you, I've, I've, I've known you for years now. Um, I mean, we're not like besties <laughs> or anything. No, but in the but, social media world. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so tell me, um, you know, let's start with where, where you were, um, born and raised. So born and raised in Portland, Maine. Well, I was born in Portland, but raised in Buxton, Maine, which if anybody is familiar with the Shawshank Redemption, Buxton, Maine makes a nice appearance in that little uh, little video. It's a little nice little country town, but beautiful town. So born and raised in Maine, I uh, went to college at Stonehill, uh, which is a little bit south of Boston. And then I lived in Boston for eight years. And then life happens. You know, I had my first daughter, and that kind of brought us back to Maine, which is where I've been ever since. So most of my most of my childhood and adulthood life, I've been here in Maine. Nice, dude. Nice. So, um, so growing up in Maine and, and, you know, I've never been to Maine. I've heard that it's absolutely beautiful. Come here in the summertime, stay out in the winter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I've heard. <laughs> Lots of snow. Um, right. but, but the, um, I mean, growing up there, like you, what was, I mean, what was like your childhood influences? What, what are some of the things that, that kind of made you who you are today? Yeah, I mean, Maine is very small townish, the whole state, really. I mean, Portland, Maine is, of course, a city, and there's some other cities, but it's very much small town. You know, so growing up, a lot of your influences, you know, it's going to be your parents. It's going to, I had two older brothers uh, who are both incredibly successful in their own rights. They were a good influence on me growing up. And then teachers and coaches, you know, kind of old school teachers and coaches. I ran, I ran track and cross country and whatnot, had an amazing coach, Coach Wilkinson. And, um, you know, just kind of growing up, growing up in the country. Right. Right. So, so, um, like what, what was, um, I mean, did you, did you get in any trouble as a kid? Did you, I was so well behaved. It's not even funny. I didn't touch alcohol until college. I was, I was a, I was a good kid. I mean, I was out of me and my two older brothers. I'm definitely the rebel, and I always was the rebel. But I would find other ways of getting into trouble without it being like real trouble. You know, I was a jokester. I was always finding something at school, some way, somehow to 
you know, either disrupt class or make the teachers laugh or make, you know, I was always getting, I was always getting into different types of trouble, but I was all in all actually a pretty good kid. And then I did hit college and I kind of found myself a little bit. And you kind of, when we talk about like growing up in Maine and who my influences were, it, it's a, it is a very kind of small community. And then, you know, you hit college where you're kind of out on your own. Yeah. And while, you know, my views on college have definitely changed now it's one of those things where i still wouldn't take it back because right, college right. i say college is where i found myself so while different topic but while i do think college is a big scam and, and waste for a lot of people um and i'm not using my degree however i did find myself in college you know i did yes i started cracking some beers and having a little bit of fun and whatnot but you know i went through some things mentally and emotionally through college which i hadn't been exposed to yet and i needed to be exposed to and i wouldn't be uh, as free spirited as I am now were it not for that. So it's one of those things where, you know, I, I cherish it for, for the person that made me become. Right. Right. So, so you, um, what was your major in college? Criminal justice. Oh, wow. So I went, I went to, I went to college with a mindset of, I wanted to get into police work. Um, and that's kind of, that will kind of tie in nicely to a lot of what, I'll share with you today, you know, and, and my reasons for wanting to get into police work is because since I can remember, I mean, I've always wanted to help people, you know, and, and in high school, kind of coming out of high school, like, I don't want to say shallow minded or short minded, but in my mind, like that was how do I help people? How do I get in front of people? We'll get into law enforcement, become a good police officer, become somebody in the community that, you know, breaks all the other stigmas that people may hold against police officers and whatnot and just get out there and help. And that was kind of my mindset right. uh, to getting into it. And then life happens, you know, and then you got to find a way to make some money and, you know, life happens. You kind of veer off track a bit. But that that will tie in nicely to some of the other stuff I'm going to share with you, that um, that burning desire from a young age to just want to help people, you know. Yeah. So so uh, you were in. Co I mean, did you graduate college? I did. And, I did. And with a degree in criminal justice? It was. So I finished wow. the degree through, got my bachelor's degree in that. I minored in psychology, um, you know, and right out the gate. I, that's So I went to college at Stonehill, and then I lived in Boston, uh, some of which with my brother. But I lived all around Boston, different cities, different towns, different areas. Yeah. And, um, you know, I actually worked for the TSA for a while, you know, oh, fresh out of college. Yeah. Logan wow. Airport. It was good money, kind of. They paid well right out of college. I did that for a couple years. And um, that was the closest I ever came to actually using my degree. Wow. But I'm somebody that I've always had that desire to do more, you know, and that I don't settle. Um, you know, I want to become something better. So, of course, I hit a point with the TSA where it was like, all right, let's look bigger and better. And then I got into real estate down there and a lot of things followed after that. Wow. So that where was that where you were working for TSA? Boston? Logan Airport, which is Boston. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I did that for I did that for a couple of years and again it's one of those like everything in life that you go through you pull things from it and I and I learned a lot from yeah. that job dealing with so many different people and so many walks of life and yep. different personalities you learn how to you know handle people that are in kind of a stressful situation and flip them around which you know with some of my sales life trust me I gained a lot of skills dealing yeah. with the public and and that and the masses right. doing that type of job right. so yeah. So when when you so at like you left the TSA like what happened next where where did you go from there? So I as I as I said I'm very free spirited you know and while working for the TSA that's when my 
first daughter was born, Pearl. She's 10 now. So we're talking about 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, I was working for the TSA when she was born. And living in Boston is not cheap. Uh, my ex-wife, who is the mother of Pearl, my oldest, and now, yeah. of course, I'm with Eileen. We have our, our two boys and little Kinley. Um, you know, my ex-wife at the time was kind of the caretaker for Pearl. She was staying home with her. So it was just one income. You know, it was one income trying to support a young family in Boston, which is tough. You know, money is tough, especially in Boston, on one income. So naturally, what do we got to do? We got to find a way. Got to find a way to make some money. Got to find a way to make some money. So I'm doing some research online, and I stumbled upon a cool real estate hustle, which is apartment rentals. You know, which here in Maine, not a big thing, but down in a city like Boston, especially with all the colleges around, yeah. that is a huge, huge industry if you are motivated and you're, and you're an actual hustler to go out there and make things happen. So I kind of stumbled upon that and I started working that part time. And then I started seeing some of the checks come in because I would go for the heavy hitters. You know, I would go for the, the big, the big checks, the big, uh, the big apartments. And, you know, you see a couple of those checks come in and that's when I transitioned out of the TSA. He's like, all right, this is a job that's freeing me up to where I'm able to make more money. I'm able to be able to kind of make my schedule a little bit more. And that's when I first fell into sales. That was my first real true uh, sales experience, which of course is amazing. If you're, if you're a hard worker in sales, there are some freedoms that come with that, you know? And, and I love that and I appreciated that. Yeah. That's, that's where I fell into. And it was, it was in what industry? And in, so apartment rentals. Oh, okay. Okay. So you would just broker, you know, deals between prospective tenants and landlords. I and got you. Okay. Wow. It was, it was a quick turnaround, quick hustle. There's always people looking for apartments, especially I would hit up the Harvard um, area and all the other college universities down there because those kids need housing. You know, a lot of those kids, mommy and daddy have a lot of money. So I would go, I was smart, man. I would go after the four bedroom apartments that would rent yeah. for four or five grand and just make nice commissions off of those. How, how did you get your leads? I worked, so I worked for a broker. Right. And it was all, it was all, it wasn't all in house. I actually did a lot of prospecting on Craigslist. Now, this, again, this is 10 years ago, so it was a different right. environment. But, you know, I put the work in. I put the work in on Craigslist. I, I found my way to work around Craigslist rules, which, you know, everybody does it. But hey, if you're hungry, you got that grant card on mindset. If you want to be everywhere all the time, you know, I would have multiple email addresses running so I could run. You know, same ads multiple times, constantly keeping them fresh, constantly keeping in front in front of people, and just hitting hitting Craigslist hard. You know, I found that outlet and just hammered it. Wow, nice, dude. So, um, so people would call you. Oh yeah, yeah, because yeah, I'd be running, and and some of you know, it's just like any, you know, it's no different than if you're selling cars. You know, you're gonna have people that are gonna call the dealership, and you're gonna get leads from the dealership, but. If you're smart at what you're doing and you're prospecting on your own, you've also got people coming to you directly. So I would definitely have my own pipeline going. Right, right. So um, what? Okay, so you got into sales. You you got your feet wet, so to speak, in sales there. Um, but you know, I mean, if you if you think about it, like everything we do in life is 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 selling, right? So. Okay. Um, but this was this like so this was your first professional sales job though right yes absolutely okay. I, I, and, and I love it and I remember it so much to this day I remember bringing my little daughter uh, Pearl at the time when she was like six months old I'd bring her around with me get yeah. the sympathy you know what I mean pull yeah. some deals her, you know that's awesome dude it was so, it was a gig it was definitely fun so what was I mean what ha what was like did you get into any other sales after that how long did you do the so apartment I did I did that for about a year um 
and with life, there are a lot of regrets, you know, but I'm, I'm a firm believer in, in the good and the bad, the ups and the downs, everything happens for a reason. So I won't get into all the details, but some things happened with my, with, with my first marriage and all of that. And life just happened. You know, there were some mistakes on my end, some mistakes on other people's end. We ended up back in Maine, you know, long story short, we had to come back to Maine. That's where the family is. So I came back to Maine, um, landed a job. And this is where what I took, a lot of what I want to talk about today was, you know, taking risks and failing your way to success. Right. So I landed what most people, especially in Maine, would, would deem to be like a dream job, a dream job. And that was working for the local phone company at the time. It was it had just transitioned from Verizon to Fairpoint. It was this huge thing. And it was a mess of a transition. And now Fairpoint's gone. But I got a job for the local phone company, which was a union job. Yeah. And the, the pay was for, for Maine. And for me at the time, the pay was stupid. I mean, you, you ended up, you had, to, you had to work your way up. You know, a couple of years in, you'd get a raise every like three to six months, what have you. But, you know, it topped out. I was making about 65, 70 grand um, just by being a customer service rep. It was a sales job because, you know, you were required to upsell, um, you know, phone and direct TV and internet yeah. services. Not, you know, so it was another sales job. But it was kind of that job that most people, when they get that job, they bank it. That's they're there. They're, they become, that's a, they're a lifer. You know, that's just the the union world, especially there. And you know, I, I worked there for five to six years, and yeah. then took a big old risk in that a a sales manager position had opened up, which at the time and in union and management, some companies are better than others, but normally it's a it's a very rocky relationship and a very rocky road and. The union's contract was coming up to expire that August, and the sales manager position had opened up, you know, in July. And I'm sitting there, and yes, I was making good money at the time, what I consider to be good money, um, you know, taking care of the family and whatnot. Okay, all well and good, but you know, I had that nine voice inside of it, dude. You're supposed to be doing more. You know, this is not supposed to be your coffin. You're not supposed to just do this and come to work. It was sales, but I didn't like it. You know, it's not that I didn't like the sales. I didn't like the fact that. That was going to be it for me. I wanted, I wanted more. So, but, but I, I, I want to, I want to interrupt you. I'm sorry. I want to, I want to back up a little bit because this is called breakthrough walls, and 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 it's about breaking through the 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 bad stuff, and and I want to back up to before you went back to Maine because yes. you said I don't want to get into the details, and I don't need you to get detailed. But what are some of the things that were going wrong that, like you said, you got a divorce, you had things. I mean, what that, so that's, I that, up- that's the stuff that, that people here's the here's why, why I bring this back up is that's the stuff that people go through and they get stuck and they stay stuck. And that's yes. what this show is about. Like, dude, you went through a divorce. You went through you had your 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 daughter. You had all of these things like what happened? So I went through not only a divorce, but I also ended up going through bankruptcy. Oh, uh, but, you wow. know, Those are yeah, details no, we need to know, I, man. I know, man. Well, that's, that's why you're here to poke <laughs> prod, right? You know, it's when I say I don't want to get into the details, I just mean as far as me and the ex-wife goes. So I'm not going right. to. No, not I get that. I'm not the type to air dirty laundry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get and that. I made some bad decisions myself, too. You know, one yeah. thing I'll say is. You know, back with the real estate when I was doing that, I also at the time was pretty heavy into online poker. And I I made some 
pretty big errors and mistakes there as well, getting ahead of myself. You know, there's a problem that comes with finding yourself into new money that you're not accustomed to because you start feeling like you're invincible and you start feeling like, yeah. and this is sales 101. You know, actually somebody yesterday on Facebook, I just posted a question, you know, if, if you've been crushing it for the last eight months in sales and then all of a sudden you fall on your face, why do you think that is? And I, you know, and I commented, well, you got complacent, you know, because you get, you get used to the fact that your money is just coming in and then you start getting in your head thinking you're invincible. And because you're now at this level of income and success with sales that yeah. it's just owed to you. So you stop your prospecting, you start and you, and then, you know, if you take, if you, t- and I'm going to tell you this, you know this, but for other people, you know, in the sales world, if you're crushing it and while you're crushing it, you take a couple weeks off, you take your foot off the gas for a month, you are going to feel a ripple effect from that. Yeah. You may not see it right away while the money's coming to go, but you will feel a ripple effect when you take the, your foot off the gas at any stage. You're going to feel it down the road, whether it's so, a month down so, the road or two months down the road, but there is a ripple effect. So, but in addition, so, so, so you got into, you got into this, uh, gambling stuff. Um, and I'm sure that, um, I'm sure that your, your, your previous wife, I call mine a previous learning experience. Um, but you know, like she, I mean, did, was there, was there, were there fights? <laughs> Yes and no. Yeah. Oh, arguments, I, like, I mean. I mean I'm talking like was there a lot of did it cause a lot of problems, I guess. What was was it you it know caused pro- I mean it caused problems because, you know, when you're a gambler, now I still consider myself a good poker player. Sure, sure. I'll do that. But now I'm not to say I'll play poker again when I'm seven years old. Right, right, I'll right. To, you know, but I was stubborn and I had it in my mind, and this again was limited thinking at the time to where I've always wanted to make it. I've always wanted success. I've always wanted to 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 be a big shot, right? So, yeah. in my mind at the time, dude, poker was my only way. That was the only way I was ever going to become anything. That was my only chance of making money. That was the only chance of really being able to level up was poker. So I just had that mindset. Right. And when you're a gambler and you have a problem with it, you you lie. You know, yeah. it's no different than a drug addiction or an alcohol addiction. You lie about it. You minimize it. Yeah. Um, you hide it. You yep. know. Yeah. If you lose a thousand bucks in a hand, you don't tell anybody about it. You have ways to cover your tracks, you know, and I did all that. Right, right. So you weren't, I mean, so I, and again, this isn't to, to humiliate you, dude, in any way. And hey, man, I'm is, always, a, I'm always an open book. This is, this is more about, this is about, um, like, you know, I, I I mean I I've been sober 16 years on August 10th I've 16 years sober, and and I so I've lived all those lies I li- I've lived all of that and and right. it, it's not until you come clean until you like okay this is what I've been doing this is what happened blah 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 that you get real freedom in life like that's where you start experiencing the real true freedom and so. You know, that's what this is about, man, is tell people like, look, okay, I made these mistakes and this is how I screwed up. And, and, and then, you know, I recovered because that's what this is about, man. Right? Yeah, definitely. So, you know, that basically, and, I, and I'll say this too, you know, the bankruptcy happened a couple years down the road because it was just a constant snowball effect, yeah. you know. We And again, it wasn't strictly uh, the poker and whatnot. There are a lot of things going on. But from my end, that's what I'll own. And, you know, we ended up having to come back to Maine. I mean, hell, we got evicted. You know, we were we got evicted from um, where we were living. And, yeah. you know, again, part 
a part of it is like I said, you, you, you come into new money and you get ahead of yourself. You know, you come into new money and you raise your lifestyle too quickly. You know, I started making the money and then it's like, well, why don't we get a more expensive, you know, apartment? Why don't we level up? Why don't we do this? Why don't we do that? And you start putting money at it, putting money at it. And then it doesn't take long, especially in the sales world. Like I said, you get distracted, which I did. You know, guess what happens? All of a sudden that money that was coming in from the real estate kind of slows down a bit. And then it's like a boom. You can be, you can go from, you can go from winning to falling on your face in a span of a month in sales. I mean, you truly can. If you take your foot off the gas, it's just, it happens. So yeah, yep, yep. Ran into that, and you know we got evicted. We got forced back to Maine. Made it happen. At the time, I lucked into that um, to that union job, you know, and yep. was there for a while. I got my foot back on track. Uh, there was a there was a time period where you know I got pretty dark. You know, I had creditors calling me. I had you know. But while- for the record, I hate it when that happens. <laughs> I know, I, you know, and, but it is what it is. You get yourself into trouble, and it happens. Yeah, you know, sure. Because while while money is Falling short, you start opening credit cards and you start maxing credit cards yeah. out, and it all just comes back to bite you. Yeah. And you know, I was I was at a point where you know I had it was just me and my daughter for a time. You know, and we were just kind of living together, doing our thing, and I'm like trying to slowly rebuild. But while you're trying to rebuild, you got creditors and sheriffs and subpoena and all this nonsense following. It was just crazy. Yeah. And then because of all that, you start drinking too much, you know, and you just get into this dark cycle. And I say, I mean, I was in that dark cycle um, for a good, you know, two to three years. Um, and I give my, my beautiful wife, Kylie, a ton of credit. Hey, I was getting ready to ask if you know somebody named Kylie Flynn. She's on here. I do. That's my beautiful wife. You know, she, she found me, you know, if there's an angel in my life, it's her, um, because she, you know, you know, it's the same thing. Love comes when you're least expecting it. Um, out of nowhere, you know, she just came knocking and, you know, she pulled me out of my depression. She pulled me out of a very dark, bad place. So she like she like knocked on your door one night like hey well she knocked on my Facebook door oh did she <laughs> it's a funny yeah we we met on believe it or not we met on Facebook I believe uh, it that's awesome dude yeah she had added me as a friend we had a couple friends of common and you know I thought she was cute so you know whatever we just kind of started talking and that's you know, awesome or you know a, a week later we met uh, <laughs> we were talking for about a, a week or two and then we met at a hotel in Boston, talk about, you know, just going with emotions and, and <laughs> living free, man. You know, we met at a hotel in Boston. She was flying to New York. Um, me being slick, I'm like, hey, why don't I just come meet you? You know, whatever. We'll just kick it and have some fun. And from that night, I mean, we haven't been apart. You know, she moved in with me like a week later. And, wow, you know, the rest is history. So she definitely came in and helped out. Um, That's awesome. But, you know, as far as, you know, getting back to getting into that union job and whatnot. Um, because that's where a lot of things for me really, that's where my change began, you know? So finally got a stable life, right? After all the nonsense, after all the headaches, met Kylie, you know, managed to get through when I met Kylie, I wasn't even divorced yet. We were separated. Um, so I got through the divorce, went through bankruptcy, um, you know, was making a, a career at, you know, the phone company and, you know, took care of the bad debt Started getting back on track. You know, we had a couple kids. Things were kind of like moving in the right direction. Um, and then I decided to take a risk, you know, and I decided to um, take the sales manager job that had opened up. And despite the fact that I knew by doing that, that the entire, you know, these, you know, union world, man, you cross the, 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 the boundaries and become management. I mean, you are blackballed. 
especially at a time where there was a, you know, there's a strike was happening a month later. I mean, it was craziness. You know, I had, I had, um, you know, the union was starting to pick it at our wedding. Like, it was crazy. Like, I, I jumped into wow. the fire. Um, and it was a pay cut. You know, to take, taking a sales manager job was a pay cut. Wow. And everybody, you know, people in the union, my closer friends, like, everybody was telling me, dude, you're crazy. Because at the time of the union, unlimited benefits. I mean, it was just crazy, crazy, crazy. Yeah. Everybody was telling me I'm crazy. You know, friends, family, whoever, dude, what are you doing? You got it made. Just leave it be. I'm like, no, nah, I got to be more. I want to be more. And I know that, yes, I'm taking a pay cut, but... I know that taking the next step towards sales management, man, that's going to get me further ahead. It's going to be a resume thing. That's going to be something I can build on. Right. You know, so I, I took all the rest, did all that, and um, I held that position for a couple of years. Ended up turning my team around, right? So the strike happened. I took the position. I ended up getting separated from my family for you know a good six months because the, a strike did happen, and there was a replacement workforce that ended up getting hired out of Columbus, Ohio, which I believe is in your – Yeah. How you want? Yeah. Yeah. That's where I am. So – I um I was out in Columbus for basically six months. I'd come home for a day every two weeks. Wow. But I was there, you know, running a call center out there and again just kind of furthering that skill set. And then came back, man, you know, my, my the union was told to hate me, right? My yeah. team was told to hate me, and guess what, man? When I ended up leaving there, they were crying because they loved me. So Wow. Yeah. It is what it is. But I'll say this. When I got into that sales manager position, I was complacent then too. I wasn't really super hungry. It wasn't until I stumbled a guy called Grant Cardone, um, who you know, love him or hate him, you don't gotta you don't gotta listen to everything. But I'll tell you what, man, he is the the guy that shifted everything for me because he got my think bigger. You know, he got my think bigger. I'm sitting there like, I, I like dealing with people. I like sales. I like doing this. I like I like I like everything about this. And you start, you know, educating yourself and kind of going further and diving deeper into wanting to again, you know, not settle and not get complacent and further yourself. So I ended up. You know, again, talking about risks and failing your way to success, I ended up um, getting my confidence up and, you know, getting up. You know, I'd have to be, you know, I worked the typical whatever, eight to five type job. But I, I was getting up at four o'clock every morning um, and listening to Cardone and watching not just Cardone, but other salespeople and yeah. taking them and, and taking it to work and like just getting like super motivated and super pumped up to the point where I'm looking around at what I'm, what I was doing at a company like the phone company where nobody else is doing. I was the sales training I was giving and I was just getting super pumped up to the day where I just got the balls and I just up and quit. I don't know where I was like, I'm done. And then I started, you know, doing, uh, trying to do sales training on my own and, and starting a sales training company, which by the way, didn't work. Wow. You know, it's it's okay because taking that risk and, and just quitting a job that that again, other yeah. people they tell you you're crazy. Um, you know, you got to take risks on yourself. Yeah. You know, you got to fail your way to success because you know, back against the wall. If, if you're going all in on yourself and if you truly believe in yourself and you put your back against the wall, guess what? You're gonna make it. You know, yeah, you fail and yeah, sometimes you fall on your face, but you don't die. You know, and and if you're smart, you take things and you learn from it. Um, and, and a huge part of what I pulled from, you know, trying to do all the sales training and whatnot was social media. You know, social media was something that I was a part of just like everybody, but I wasn't using it for business. But I learned, you know, in in the transitioning from what I was doing for the phone company to trying to do the sales training thing on my own, I was sitting social media like a madman. I mean, if there's one thing I learned, it's how to use social media, get your name out there, grow a following, make connections, drive traffic, all of that. I was just, I mean, I became a social media beast through that. So while it didn't pan out the way I wanted it to, I pulled a ton of just social media knowledge 
from all of that, and I held on to it. And then I ended up in the automotive world. And if I'm going too fast, feel free to stop me. So, so now I want, I do want to back up. So you, this is all at the phone company. So the phone company, I left the phone company to do sales training on my own. Oh, gotcha. Okay, okay. To try to, you know, to try to try to become a sales trainer that was that would go to a business and train, okay, train people and 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 all that. So I I quit on a whim without a real plan. Like, I mean, it's, it was something that like I had been while I was working for the phone company, that's when I, you know, I, I did find Periscope and whatnot and yeah. I would do a lot of things there. I mean, I just get your confidence up, yeah. you know? Yeah. So yeah. I got my confidence up to the point of like, you know what? Screw it. Yeah. I believe myself. I'm going to make it happen. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, you, you, so, you, so then you, so that you didn't, you didn't make it. Didn't make it. Okay. You know, I, I hung in there. I lasted about a year. Yeah. Without, you know, without any other income, which is good. I mean, I worked other things on the side. I did some social media stuff with a couple, you know, clients that I have right, always right. done whatnot. So, I, you know, I made it for about a year, but it did hit the point where I was like, all right, you know, yeah. Kylie, God, God love her. You know, we got pregnant again. Yeah. And it was like one of those moments where it's like, all right, we got to make something happen. And so that's that's when you got it. You said automotive. Got in the automotive world, okay. which I'm still in, and I've had I've been in different capacities and whatnot. Yeah. So what do um, you do in automotive? What did so, you start selling cars? I, no, I actually built a sales BDC for a pretty. I'm here in Maine, and it's a pretty massive um, auto group here. We've got 12 showrooms and three. We're in three cities and whatnot. So yeah. If not the biggest, one of the biggest auto groups up here. Um, and the funny thing is, man, when I applied for the job, because I was like, I was just started poking around, and, and it's a tough pill to swallow, yeah. pride-wise and ego-wise, when you do go all in on yourself, and then you're kind of like, oh man, it's not working. I gotta find. It's a tough pill to swallow to be like, oh, I gotta go get a job. I'm not. I'm, I'm bigger than that. And I'm above that. But sometimes you gotta swallow your humble pie, and yeah. you gotta do what you gotta do to take care of your family and whatnot. Right, so right. I'm just kind of poking around, and me being maybe a little bit over cocky and maybe a little bit overconfident because I had no automotive experience whatsoever. Um, I had stumbled upon a job ad that they had for a sales manager position. And I'm like, okay, I'll do that. I'm just going to do that. Of course, they're going to, who's going to say no to me, right? Right. Of course, it's going to take me. Right. So I reached out to them and it was funny because at the time I had a website, you know, this is going back. It's not up anymore, but SeanClinSales.com I had and I had all my social media and whatnot. So I literally just emailed. I didn't even apply. I just emailed them. I'm like, hey, Here's my website. I'd love to come work for you guys. I'd love to show you what I can do to turn things around, whatever. The fact, and again, you know, you got to take some something from your failures. You know, the fact that I had that, dude, they loved it. You know, they saw what I was doing and they saw somebody who like, this guy's got his own website and he's going like, what? I had a couple sales courses that I had made. And they were like, well, yeah, like pretty much hired me on the spot because wow. yeah, which is cool. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't get the sales manager position. They had... Obviously, they did bring me in and talk to me a little bit what I had done. I told them about my call center background, which a little side note for anybody that is wanting to get into sales. Uh, dude, call center is a beautiful place to start just because of the sheer volume. Um, yeah. You know, it's just nonstop, nonstop, nonstop. You're you're getting if you want to like you know perfect a script or or perfect an approach or try different closes and whatnot. A call center. I mean, you're you can, you're going to be talking to eighty to hundred people a day, if not more. So yeah. definitely. Little side note there. Don't be don't be afraid to call center jobs if you get started. It's like your boot camp. Um, you, you learn a lot there. But you know, so they had seen that in BDC world. For anybody that doesn't know automotive, that's like an internet sales team. You know, they handle um, internet leads. You know, phone calls coming into the dealership, um, prospecting, data mining, just all yeah. kind of the back end. Um, you know, early process part of a lot and of the sales. It stands for business development center. 
Yes, and a good BDC, that's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to yeah, develop, develop business. Yeah. Develop business, right. So, you know, I did that for a bit. You know, we, we when I had stepped into uh, the BDC at the time, um, they weren't handling the sales leads. They were basically just kind of handing them off. They were more or less just like an admin center where leads would come in and they would just assign them. It was like a two-person job. So I came in and I'm like, you know, day one, I'm looking around I'm like, oh, this is stupid. We should be handling the leads. You know, we should be making the calls. So I like, I helped them develop, you know, just a new uh, approach and a new process and whatnot, which, which was huge. And when I came on board, you know, I was preaching social media. Um, I was preaching, you know, we got to be hitting social media. You guys should put me, you know, let, let me show you what we can do with social media. And it was kind of one of those, yeah, we'll, we'll get you there, you know, start with this and we'll get you there and whatnot. Um, and I was after about a year of, kind of handling the BDC world for them, you know, they, they approached me and they said, okay, you know, we're ready to take the next level, uh, social media wise, you know, we really want you to kind of just jump in and put your hands on it, which is what I've been doing now for about a year. And I've loved for, it. Man. it. Now, are you handling this for just one location or all locations? Uh, it's 12 different showrooms. No I'm kidding. Out, I'm the guy. And, and it's fun. You know, and it, it's a lot Good of fun um, because it's a, it's a cool, it's a cool auto group. Um, I get to do a lot. We do a lot with the community. I yeah. do a lot. We've got a cool mascot out on the moose that I go around and we bring donuts to, to businesses. And I mean, we do a lot wow. with it. It's That's fun. awesome, dude. But for me, again, as, as the chain of events, you know, continue to evolve and continue to expand, you know, you, you pull every, every new opportunity that you take and you embark on, you know, you gotta, you gotta always be looking to extract something to add to your toolkit. Yeah. So while I was good with social media, you know, one of the areas that I was not, you know, a rock star in because I just hadn't really dealt with it much um, was Facebook ads, which is a huge part of social media these days. And I got myself in a position with this company now to where, you know, we are, I'm not going to say how much money, but we spend a lot of money on social media on, on Facebook ads, which I get to run. You know, at any given time, just for this auto group, I have between 80 and 100 uh, Facebook ads running. Yeah. And, you know, that's just as far as my social media toolkit goes, that's just another thing that I now have in my pocket, which has led me to the new business that I'm launching on my end on the side, which is socially winning marketing, which is a social media um, marketing company that is something I'm building on the side and having a lot of fun with. But it's yeah. just, again, one of those things where, you know, it all I, I, I talked a lot about that union job because I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now and loving what I'm doing now and having a position now to where I have, you know, a huge opportunity knocking on the door for me with the marketing company that I'm opening up. And it's like, none of this would have happened if I would have listened to the people that told me to not take a chance. None of this would have happened. And I'm talking everybody, every single coworker, every single friend, every single family, everybody telling me that I'm crazy. Yeah. Risk a good thing, dude, you got a good thing. But man, if you're hungry and if you want more, you got to take a risk on yourself and you got to understand that you are going to fall on your face and you are going to get hurt and your ego is going to get busted up along the way. Yeah. You know what? If you commit and you stick with it and you accept your failures, failing to success, man, I'm telling you, it's like the, it's, it's my, it is my bread and butter. And it's, it's just what I preach all the time because you have to, you have to fail to get to where you want to go and you're not going to fail to get to where you want to go. If you don't take risks, if you don't take a chance on yourself, you know. And, and I, I think it's um, it's it's probably necessary to point out that you know you uh, my lighting is terrible today. I don't, I look like I'm I'm half dead. Um, but the, it's all good. I've got a, I've got a spotlight in front of me, but I don't know how it's working. Yeah, it's you, you look tan. I look pale. 
Um, but the the um, I think it's worth pointing out that there is no way, like you know, Facebook. I, I've I've been I've been, had a marketing company for years, many years. I've been in marketing a long time, and and Facebook called my office and wanted to partner, form a partnership with me for the nice. Columbus market, and and. And I and I was like, for for what? First off, I didn't think it was Facebook. I'm like, they don't have a phone number. I told my assistant to, I said, no, to tell them to email. Well, then I get an email from some chick at fb.com, and I'm like, <laughs> okay, oh, okay, yeah, this is Facebook. So, but like, you know, I remember I, I'd run a couple of ads here and there, but I like didn't like you don't know like and and Facebook's constantly changing, so it's like you know you don't know what you don't know. And and so you go into a, a dealership where you're running BDC, and it's like, well, okay, I, yeah, we'll figure it out, <laughs> you know, right? Right. Like, you, you just you gotta you gotta. Um, and is Kathy White Flynn related? That's my she, mom. Is that your mom? That's She's my mom. Here. Yeah. Hey, mom. So so you know you you figure it out is my point. Like you go in and you go, okay, I'm gonna. I'm going to figure this out somehow. We'll, we'll make it work. And, and you've done that. And that's been my motto forever. Co you know, commit first, figure it out. Right. Can you do this? Absolutely, I can do this. And, it, dude, I am I am all these different things that I've, I've done and I've tried and I've tested. It, it's all self-taught. Right. I mean, and it's like, you know, Google is a very powerful tool, and so is YouTube. You know, yeah. and it's like as long as you are confident in yourself and your ability to take the time, take an information, apply it. Yep. I mean, there's nothing you cannot teach yourself how to do. Now, in the business world, is that it can be tricky because then, you know, if you are trying to grow a business and trying to do everything at once, well, that can also be problematic. But as you're starting out, you know, you, you got to figure shit out. You know, I remember going back to Sean Flynn Sales. Um, I recorded, I made, I made two courses from scratch by myself. I didn't have a video producer. I didn't have anybody. I had my laptop that I'm using right now. Yeah. I had a microphone. I I figure I taught myself how to make a white screen. I taught myself how to handle the audio. Yeah. I, I, I I all this stuff where it's like somebody just came to me like, all right, I want you as a one person to to make a sales course and and build a website and, and create the platform itself with zero knowledge how to do it. And guess what? I pulled it all out because I because I just like you know you just when you, you want learn. it actually you you figure it out. Yeah. I mean, it took me like three weeks at the time I was making that course to figure out how to perfect the audio and how right. to, I mean, everything, you know, you figure one thing out and then something else goes bust. You figure yeah. another thing, I'm on my wine screen, my white screen. I mean, this is everything that you try to like tackle. There's always going to be obstacles ahead of yourself and you just got to be well, ready and willing and know ahead of time that it's going to happen. And again, you get a fair way to success. You just get it. So, you know, here's the thing though, you know, and I've, I've personally, I've, I've been an entrepreneur for, I'm 50 years old. Um, I've been an entrepreneur since I was probably, well, I, I mean, it started when I was seven or eight, when I was going door to door selling snow shoveling services and, <laughs> right. and, and, um, and, you know, so, and, and mowing yards and all that. But, you know, I've, I've owned a business most of my adult life. So, you know, when people tell me they, they have a job and they really want to, um, they really want to go to the, you know, they want to start their own business or they want to do this or that, or they have a, and no offense to anybody doing a side hustle, um, at all because I, I, well, I say I get it. I don't get it. <laughs> I just don't. I, and I can't wrap my brain around doing a side hustle. Like, cause I'm, I'm one of those people. It's like, you know, there, there's no such thing as a little bit pregnant. 
Like, like I, I, I'm all in, man. Like, you know, like, and I don't, so when, when I, like, so what the people out there that are thinking about, there's going to be a lot of people. Remember, this goes out to millions of people on the binge TV network. So like, you know, when, when people are watching, watching this and, and they're like thinking, you know, well, I, man, I, I, I'm, I want to start this business. I want to, I want to, um, you know, do more with my life. What do you think the number, in your opinion, this is about your opinion. Doesn't mean you're right or wrong. It's just your opinion. What do you think the number one thing is that's holding people back in life from success and true happiness? Lack of commitment. You know, um, look, and we've all, well, maybe not all. Most of us have made excuses at, at one point or another. I would assume all of us, but most of us have made excuses at one point or another as to why we can't do something. I forget what movie it's from, but it's a quote that, actually, you know what, I think it's it's The Office, actually, God love her. Uh, Jan Levinson on The Office, um, when I think it was Pam was talking about wanting to go to art school and do, you know, better herself, but she was just listing all the reasons why she couldn't, you know. Right, uh, right. This and that, 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 that. And Jan says, you know, there's always a million reasons not to do something, which is true. And there's always a million excuses you can come up to as to why you can't. Or you can just put your head down and make it happen, you know, and not everybody's going to say there's not enough hours in the day, not enough time in the day. Dude, if you want it that badly, you'll find a way to make it happen. You know, and that's right. You got to have a little voice in your head. I have a little voice. I talk about the little voice in my head and I don't care if it makes you sound crazy because it gets me by. I got a little man inside of my head that is constantly like analyzing what I'm doing in every single moment. And I know when I'm not doing enough and I know when I'm when I'm slacking or not getting up at the time that I should be. You know, like I said, you know, when I was working at the phone company, trying to trying to position myself and transition and doing something on my own. Okay, great. You know, prior to all that, you know, just like most people, you know, I was getting up at five thirty, six o'clock, da 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 da, getting ready to go to work. But okay, fine. All right. Well, guess what? If not, if, if you're not able to get shit done, then you got to get up. You know, that's when you got to start getting up early. And I know some people like, you know, they bash the whole getting up early thing. But look, if you work a full time job, you're a parent, you're you're a husband, you're a wife, whatever, and you have all these other obligations that keep you tied up, you just got to commit. You have to commit. Get up early, two hours a day. If you can get your ass up two hours earlier every single day and sacrifice for even six months, you know, you do the math. Two hours times seven days, 14 hours. Multiply that by four weeks. Multiply that. Guess what? End of a month, you look back and like, holy shit, look at all the stuff that I've gotten done. It's no different than what I'm doing right now. You know, all the work that I'm doing for the auto group that I work for, that's a, it keeps me busy. It keeps me tied up. I even bring that stuff home and I'm doing a lot of stuff home for it. And, and, and if you want to build something like I'm working to build with a marketing agency of my own, you got to commit. You got you just got to sacrifice. You know, you yeah. just have to understand that. Look, there's only one way this is going to get done, and that means me putting in hours outside of everything else. And if that means me losing sleep for a couple months, okay, whatever, right. whatever it takes to get it done. You just got to find a way to get it done. You got to commit. And if you don't, and if you don't have that ultimate commitment, and that little voice in your head pushing you constantly. Yeah. I mean, again, my opinion, but that's to me been the key difference maker that you know it you know when you're committed and when you're not committed i agree you know? i agree and it's no different it's no different you know i've been hitting the gym pretty hard lately it's a big part of what i do now too and it's again do i have time for that no but you find time i'm yep. committed to i'm committed to taking myself to a to a, a bigger and better level in the physical world so you commit to it yeah and i know i'm committed because it eats at me when i take the foot if i have to miss a day or if i have to 
cut a, a workout short. You know, I mean, you, you got to commit. So, so with if if somebody is, um, and and I know, I mean, obviously you've been here because you you told me you had. You know, you're facing, uh, or maybe maybe your electric's getting shut off tomorrow. Maybe maybe you're you're getting evicted. Maybe your car just got repossessed. Um, you're you're facing bankruptcy. You're facing divorce. You're facing, you know, w- w- if somebody came to you and they're they're just broken, and they're stuck, and they don't know what the next thing to do is, they're just stuck. And you've been there. I mean, we've all been there. Where that that all of that fear becomes so overwhelming, it literally paralyzes you. And I want to back up. You said something about the voices and, and, and all that. Well, let me say this. The average human being has 60,000 thoughts per day, and there yeah. is no way they speak that much. So we all have voices in our head. And, and you know, they it's, it's, it's when you start uh, vocal or talking back to the voices that you get diagnosed with, with <laughs> multiple personality disorder. But, right. like... You know, like we all have that, man. So I, I, that's not I, – I have it. I mean, dude, if, if we're judged no, I, on that, yeah, I'm, I'm screwed. My, man, I love that voice. He yeah, me. yeah. I mean, we all have that. And so, so you know, the, the but the person that's that's there right now, they're facing ruin. They're fa- they feel like they're facing ruin. Like they're – again, you know, things are getting repoed or shut off or they're they're just stuck, trapped. What do you say to that person to help them? Like, you know, obviously you can't go do it in one day, but, you know, right. I mean, go from, from zero to a millionaire. But what do you tell them? Like, okay, look, dude, this is what you got to do. What is that? So first things first, you, you got to you gotta really hit it home that, look, it, this isn't going to kill you. You know, you're not – it's it, in, in and of itself – Going broke, it, in and of itself, you're not going to die. You know, if you fail, you're not going to die. Like, you just got to understand that, yes, it's hard, and yes, it's overwhelming. But, you know, and it's easier said than done when you're in that moment. But, dude, five years down the road, as long as you do X, Y, Z, you're going to be okay. But what you have to do, and this is like, I mean, this is just advice I give to anybody, whether you're in that drastic of a situation or, or just in a bad spot at a different level. You have to come up with a plan. I mean, you have to come up with a plan. You literally have to sit down. What do I need? What are my needs? How can I get there? You got to build an entire blueprint, A to Z, of what you're going to do and what you can do. Start small. What's what? What you know? In the moment, what can I do today? You know, to to help put myself in a position to get out of this. I know I'm not going to fix it today, but what little things can I do today that will help me get? moving forward and then what can i build on tomorrow and then what can i build on the day after that you have to have a plan because to me overwhelm happens when you have eight thousand things to do or everything is falling apart and you have no direction i mean you literally have no direction all you're stuck with is just this the feeling of overwhelm and that's when you spin your wheels and that's when you you literally just kind of freeze and some people stay frozen for a lifetime you know so you, if you don't have if you don't have a plan of action, you're just going to spin your wheels and run around. So you literally have to sit down and map it out. And it might not be pretty. You know, the map, the, the blueprint that you come up with, it might be a drastically scary mountain to climb. But if you don't do it, you're going to be stuck forever. You know, you have to come up with a plan. And sometimes that means reaching out for help, you know, and, and, and having somebody else look at your situation from an outside perspective and say, hey, man, 
and hit you with some truth and, and just let you know, like, this is what you got to do. This is how you got to get there. And there's services and there's people everywhere that will help. You know, a, another thing that I'm doing on the side right now is working towards building a nonprofit, which deals with mental health, um, because that's a big part of what I've gone through and what I deal with. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and this is similar things that I tell people that are that are battling, you know, through various mental health issues, you know, and that is you got to reach out sometimes and ask for help and you got to sit down and come up with a plan because overwhelm can lead to, to being frozen and we don't want you there. You stay frozen, you're going to stay frozen for a lifetime, you know, right, so you got to right. a way to break the habit and come dude, up with a blue. Dude, dude, I, 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 I love everything you're, you're saying. You're, you're a thousand percent on, on point. So like, um, and, and for those watching, um, and, and I got to say this, man, I, I, I find this, um, I find this really, really cool, man. Your, your wife is on here and you're, I don't know that you're watching the comments, but she like, she's like your, your, I can tell she's your biggest cheerleader, man. Um, and, and she's just putting a lot of great comments and that my, that I just love that. I love that you guys, um. Yeah, congratulations on having such an amazing wife and and relationship because I can tell you guys adore each other. So and we that's do. so important. That that is so. And Grant talks about that a lot. You know, making sure that you have the right the right person in your in your in you know like it's so important. So um, how can and, and we're coming to the end of this. So I want to I want to start wrapping up, but. Um, you know, how can everybody follow you on here? So easiest way to, I mean, obviously Facebook, you can see me, um, with this feed. Um, but I am on Instagram. I, I, I have a a big Instagram account that I push. I've actually got quite a few. Um, but my main one is Sean R. Flynn. Okay. So it's S-H-A-W-N-R Flynn. Okay. Uh, Okay. And... Uh, Twitter is the same. I'm not as active on Twitter. Instagram and Facebook is, is what I hit the most. Um, you know, I talk a lot. Of, I didn't get to talk much about it today, um, but worth looking into. You know, I talk, I'm, I'm got my marketing agency fine, but my, my biggest passion right now is actually the hashtag I care movement. Just give it a quick little plug here, which is a again, I'm going to be turning it to a nonprofit here in the next month or two. But I've been pushing it for about a year and that's grown pretty big. And that's yeah. over on Instagram as well um just the word hashtag i care and it's just all about um you know spreading mental health awareness um getting people to open up kind of similar to this with a little bit of a different um angle but you know getting people to open up and and share breaking through walls here with what you're trying to do right you get people on to talk about how they broke through their own walls to get ahead in life so that somebody else can watch it maybe they have a similar story maybe somebody watches this and they've been through divorce and bankruptcy and similar things and they say okay there is hope you know the whole the mental health side of it with hashtag I care is very similar, you know, and trying to get people to open up about their mental health, you yeah. know, because it's stigma in society, you're not supposed to talk about it or you're not supposed to talk about it. Um, and I'm just trying to get a, so many people to open up, um, let you know it's okay to be battling things. Yeah. Uh, it's okay to reach out for help. And um, the more of us that do open up and talk about these things, the easier it becomes for others. And that's what breaks the stigma. So that's right. um, I do talk a lot about mental health. Um, on, on Instagram. So if, that, if that's something that jives with anybody, uh, definitely uh, hook up with me, let me know. And I'm always looking for people to help spread love, kindness, and support for our fellow man, right? Dude, that's what it's about. That's what this show's about. It's about, it helping, is. It's about helping people. And you did a live the other night, which I loved um, when you were talking about, um, you know, giving back and yeah. and, just, and constantly giving but doing so from a stance of you're not trying to get ahead by it you just want to give just to give because that's the reward right uh, 
And that's a big part of what, what I'm doing with I Care is it's for me, a, a piece of this puzzle that I didn't really talk about today was the mental health side of it just because yeah. we got down a couple different things there. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's, it didn't matter if I ever hit any level of success, I wouldn't feel complete as a person. Um, if I wasn't fulfilling the need that I have, so you can call it selfish if you want to, I wouldn't feel complete as a person if I wasn't super proactively just trying to, to give back, you know? And, well, and, 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 and let me, let me make a point with that, man. And, and I'm, a, I'm, I'm quite a bit older than you are. So, so I can, you know, <laughs> you gotta listen to your elders, dude. Now, I, I mean, like, look, there's nothing selfish about it. Like nobody on this planet, I don't care. Like everything that we do has a selfishness to it. Like, you know, everything. So, so I, I don't, I mean, I, I think that it's okay to accept that, you know, yeah, I'm going to help, I'm going to help somebody else out. And I, I benefit from that. That's okay. But if your only reason for helping other people out is to, to hope that you're going to, you know, gain financial whatever or, or whatever. I mean, then that's, then you may want to take a look at that. But the, at the end of the day, dude, it's, it's, you're, you're on the right track. You're doing the right thing. And my, my hat's off to you. And that's why I had you on the show. I invited you to be on, you know, I, I think you're a badass and, 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 and I, I love that man. So, so look, I, I want to wrap this up, Sean. I want to thank you. I, I, and, and I listen, I know that this goes fast. It goes so fast. An hour, uh, just boom. It's like, what? It like, like it's crazy. So I, I know that we could talk all day, but I got to I gotta be respectful of people's time. So, Absolutely. so, bro, I appreciate you taking the time and coming on, sharing, you know, a lot of your story. And, and keep doing what you're doing, man. Keep inspiring people. That's what it's all about, man. That's what it's all about. And everybody, I'll close with this. I don't care where you are in life. Do not settle. Never freaking settle. Um, that is yeah. the biggest disease you can contract in this world is settling. Do not settle. You are meant to be great. You are meant to be amazing. You know it. I know it. I don't care what level you're at. You've got a little voice inside of you that's gnawing at you, that's telling you you can be doing more. Listen to that voice and do more. All right? I'll leave it with that. I love it, dude. I love it. You're 1,000% right. So listen, everybody, go follow Sean Flynn on Facebook, on Instagram. Um, look him up through the hashtag I care. You'll find, you'll find Sean. And, yeah. and if you need anything, do not hesitate to reach out. I'm always here. My DM is always open. Do not hesitate. Appreciate that, dude. All right. Hey, thank you, guys. Appreciate all of you. Thank you for the shares. I kept seeing it dinging that we're getting all kinds of shares. So thank you to everybody who shared this. Thank you for the hearts, the 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 thumbs up. We didn't get any laughing cry faces. Yeah, and I apologize if I missed any. I, I've been watching Ken and talking to Ken. I'll go back and, and filter through the comments and make sure I hit everybody back. Nobody gave us any laughing cry faces. We didn't make them that. laugh, dude. Um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. What the heck? I mean, anyway. at least we didn't make him cry. At least we didn't make him cry. <laughs> right. Oh. At least you didn't cry. I almost cried. But anyway, hey, thanks for being on, dude. I appreciate you. You guys have an awesome weekend, and we'll see you on Monday. Peace. See you guys. Have a great weekend.